Hello, and welcome to Living Well with Robin Stoloff, empowering you to live a healthier life. If you're like me, you have never spent so much time in your kitchen with reduced access to restaurants and COVID restrictions, many of us are cooking more than ever before. And that actually increases our risk for foodborne illness, or as we know it, food poisoning. And it's much more common than you might think. Each year, one in six Americans gets sick from contaminated foods or beverages. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention estimates that 48 million illnesses can be traced to food poisoning. And the last thing we all want right now is to go to the hospital because of something we ate. Here with us now is Shelley Feist, Executive Director of the Partnership for Food Safety Education. Thank you for joining us, Shelley. How are you? I'm well, and thank you, Robin, for covering this topic. It is my pleasure. It's important because we all eat and we all are cooking right now. So we really need to know how to do it right. And everyone is so focused on coronavirus, but in some ways, foodborne illness is related to that because we are all home so much more. And this can actually be a, a really serious problem, right? Yes, it can, and especially for people with either compromised or undeveloped immune systems like young children and the elderly. Your immune system can't always handle um, a food-borne pathogen, and that's why the risk for illness um, is especially significant for people who might not be able to fight off an infection and need require hospitalization or to see a doctor. How many people go to the hospital with foodborne illnesses every year? Well, there are a couple hundred thousand hospitalizations every year in the United States for foodborne illness, and a large proportion of them are pe- are, are young children. So it's especially important for parents of young children to be aware that a foodborne illness can have a serious consequence for children and to practice clean, separate, cook, chill at home. And they are called the core four. That was my next question for you. Clean, separate, cook, chill. Can you just briefly run through those and exactly what we should be doing? Yes, and these messages are based in science, right? So cleaning means uh, wash your hands with soap and water and scrub for 20 seconds, as well to clean um, and sanitize your, your kitchen surfaces. Separate to avoid cross-contamination. Keep raw foods away from foods that you're going to eat, foods like a salad. So keeping meat, poultry, seafood, and eggs separate from other foods. Cook, and cook means cook to a internal temperature that will kill the pathogens that could cause illness. And chill. Chill your foods within two hours. And make sure your refrigerator is at or below 40 degrees Fahrenheit as measured with an appliance thermometer. And you mentioned thermometer. We have a digital thermometer now for our meat, and I love it. It's really easy to see it, and it beeps when it gets to the temperature, so you don't have to keep checking it. One of the best investments I've ever made. My turkey came out perfect for Thanksgiving, so it's a great tool to have, and it also will tell you when it's safe to eat certain foods. It actually has on there little pictures of the pork and chicken, <laughs> all these different things, that what temperature you should cook your food to. And you also mentioned separating. When we make 
chicken or fish or anything like that, we take out a paper towel so we can throw it away. We don't use a rag that we'll use again. And we spray it with, with something to clean and we wash our counters down and really make sure we don't use the same cutting board. It's very important, isn't it? Yes. Cross-contamination is probably one of the most common ways that people get a foodborne illness. We all have come to see how hand washing is super important to avoid the spread of coronavirus, right? But it's always been important for avoiding the spread of foodborne pathogens. Washing hands with soap and water before and after handling food, and of course, after you've pet your dog, after you've changed diapers, after you've gone to the bathroom, and even after you've handled your digital devices. And we've probably all washed our hands much more than ever before in our lives. And there's actually information out there, I'm sure you've all seen it, about the right way to wash your hands. Make sure you get both sides between your fingers, under your nails, and for at least 20 seconds, the time it takes you to sing happy birthday twice. So that's something I always try to remember, and I tell my kids to do that too. Shelly, there's also some misinformation out there that could be very dangerous about washing produce. Yes, we call it rinsing produce because... One doesn't need to use any other um, substances when you clean your produce. Uh, You do not need to use a vinegar or certainly not bleach or soap. Those are things that aren't intended to be consumed. The best way to handle your produce is to rub it under running water and blot it dry with a clean towel or a paper towel that you you will use only once. Have you found that people are washing it with bleach? Have you heard that? Well, what we found, um, particularly when COVID was first breaking, was that there were many people who um, had the ears of others uh, talking about um, washing produce in a sink of standing water with soap. There isn't research that shows that that is a better way to... (laughs) wash your produce. And also people should know that COVID is not transmitted through that oral vehicle of what you eat. So rinsing produce under running tap water and rubbing it with your hands or use a a brush, a vegetable brush, if it's a produce item that has a particularly thick rind. Potatoes. Like a melon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a Mm -hmm. potato. Right. Okay. Well, that's a great tip, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because we want to make sure we have the right information out there. So tell us a little more about the Partnership for Food Safety Education and how you actually reach out to people. So the Partnership for Food Safety Education was formed about 22 years ago, and following the -the jack-in-the-box outbreak where several children died because hamburger had been undercooked and E. coli was spread to these children. And there was a realization that this could happen at home, right? These things don't just happen in a restaurant setting. They can happen at home. So fightback.org was begun, the fundamentals of clean, separate, cook, and chill. And uh, the government, um, the food industry, uh, scientific and health nonprofit professionals all came together to work on helping consumers know what's actionable at home to reduce the risk of food poisoning. We work closely together with the FDA, the USDA, the CDC, and then many experts 
in food and health. We reach out to health educators. So you might see food, um, food safety information from your local health agency or your cooperative extension in your, in your area. All of this material uh, at fightback.org is free, downloadable, and we work to make sure that everybody who talks about good health and certainly about eating and good health include food safety. You also have sections on your site for kids and teens with games and lots of information, which I love. Tell us about that. Yes, we have a lot of items for for kids, for teachers. We have a teacher newsletter that teachers can sign up for. And another thing we do to make this really easy for families to use is at fightback.org slash recipes. We are the creator of safe recipe writing guidelines. So consumers can find a lot of recipes at our website that already build in the safe food handling prompts. Research found that when those prompts are in the recipe, consumers are many, many times more likely to do the proper hand washing, to rinse their fruits and vegetables, and to use food thermometers. So at fightback.org slash recipes, you can find, I think there's more than 50 or 50 recipes. And some great recipes. I like Mm -hmm. the honey mustard salmon and the chicken veggie stir fry. And I read through them and it says where to wash your hands and when to do that. So it's a great reminder for people. And these are, this is all free of charge. That's right. And we'd love everybody to find that all recipes start with wash your hands with soap and water because it, it, it could be a great way to reduce the risk of food poisoning in people's homes. You also mentioned don't leave food out for more than two hours. How many times, especially a holiday dinner, people will leave out their roast or their turkey and just talk around the table, albeit it's different this year, but there'll still be people gathering for the holiday season and many times you leave that out. And another one I learned about was pizza. People often leave pizza out and that can really create a problem. You never want to leave anything with dairy or cheese. There are so many different kinds of food. So we try to simplify food safety so that these concepts can be top of mind. One thing I would say is important around leaving food out is that food should not be thawed at room temperature if you can help it. So if you are planning to make a roast or a whole chicken or something that's come out of your freezer, it's best to thaw it in the refrigerator to leave plenty of time for that. So take it out the night, the day before and thaw it in the refrigerator. And again, your website is fightback.org. That's B-A-C, which stands for bacteria. Fightback.org. All of this information is there. Great, clear, easy to use website. More than 50 recipes, information for the kids, for teachers, and for all of us who are cooking for our families and want to keep them safe. Thanks for being with us. Shelly Feist, Executive Director of the Partnership for Food Safety Education. Thank you, Robin, and happy holidays to everybody. Thank you so much, and to you as well. And appreciate you joining me today for Living Well with Robin Stoloff, empowering you to live a healthier life. Be sure to subscribe and check out my social and my website, livingwellwithrobinstoloff.com, for more helpful tips and information on how to live a better life. Until next time, please stay safe and keep living well.